This is the To The Point Podcast. Together with our ERISA attorney, we'll explore key Affordable Care Act and trending compliance topics, all in 15 minutes or less. Now here's our host, Sarah Gillespie. Welcome to our To The Point Podcast. This is Sarah Gillespie. I'm the Compliance Director at Lipscomb Pitts Insurance in Memphis, Tennessee. And I have with me Stacey Barrow, our ERISA attorney with Matt Marathas, Barrow, Weatherhead, and Lent. Hey, Stacey. Hi, Sarah. So I want to call this podcast the future of wellness plans. Um, And this is in response to the court's recent decision to vacate the EEOC's wellness incentive rules for 2019. So first, as a little reminder and quick background for our audience, the EEOC's final rules allowed employers to offer wellness incentives of up to 30% of the cost of health plan coverage, where medical testing like biometric screenings or medical questions like health risk assessments are completed. So what happened? What changed to bring this about? Um, sure. So we are definitely in an uncertain time for wellness programs. And this is all due to a lawsuit filed by the AARP, the American Association for Retired Persons, back in October of 2016. Um, the AARP was challenging the EEOC's wellness plan rules that allowed employers to uh, incentivize employees up to 30% of the total cost of coverage um, to participate in wellness programs. And the, the AARP's issue here was that the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, when they are enforcing the Americans with Disabilities Act, they part part of that law, one of the main tenets of that law actually, is that any medical exams or, or disability-related inquiries by an employer to employees must be voluntary. And the prior to these EEOC rules coming out, um, the allowing for a 30% incentive, the EEOC had always considered basically any incentive uh, enough to make a wellness program involuntary. And so these 30% rules were really welcomed by employers because it gave them some certainty um, around their incentive limits. And the the AARP's issue is, well, how exactly is a 30% say surcharge based on the total cost of coverage, how is that voluntary to the average employee and particularly say a lower compensated uh, employee? And so that was kind of the basis of the lawsuit. And when the court heard all the arguments, the court agreed with the AARP and said, that the EEOC really hadn't substantiated how they arrived at the 30%. You know, they had said, well, we want to match it to the Department of Labor's incentive limits, which are 30%, and that's great, but it doesn't take into account the fact that the wellness program under the ADA rules has to be voluntary. And so the recent or one of the more recent decisions from the court here um, was back in in August. Um, The court basically told the EEOC that need to reconsider those limits that they placed on wellness programs. And, you know, they're going to vacate those rules effective January 1st of 2019 um, if 
the EEOC doesn't either restate them or substantiate as to how it arrived at that 30% limit. And that was back in, um, in August. And then a month later, the EEOC, they responded to the court and they said, look, we hear you. Um, we're going to go back. We're going to look at these rules again. And, you know, we think we can get rules in place, new rules in place by 2021. And the court um, you know, was not pleased with that time frame whatsoever. And they said, well, we're not going to wait around to 2021 for the EEOC to engage in, in further rulemaking. We're going to vacate those incentive limits effective January 1st of 2019. And that's basically where we are today. Um, the Right now, if the EEOC does nothing, the 30% incentive limits will be vacated effective 1119 and employers will be left in somewhat of a regulatory vacuum again if, if they don't give us any further guidance i'm hopeful that the eeoc this year will um maybe issue some revised regulations or at least give us something to go on but um, this is what's causing the uncertainty out there in the market so in, in terms of what employers should do here you know, stay the course for now, but if you have a particularly, um, I guess, aggressive wellness program where your incentives are right up there at that 30% level, come 1119, you're not going to be able to rely on that 30% limit anymore under these EEOC rules. So, <clears throat> If you have a relatively mild wellness program and you're nowhere near the 30%, I don't know that I would be all that concerned, but certainly, you know, the more aggressive programs that have more teeth and real substantial rewards, they're going to require some review um, later on in the year before you start paying incentives out uh, after the end of 2018. So do you think that maybe come summer 2018 that large employers who are already going to be considering renewal costs and all, you know, summer or maybe August, September time um, and are looking at their wellness plans as well, that they should perhaps start putting together some kind of plan B about then? Would that be appropriate? Yeah, I think that's right. Um, you know, obviously, a lot of companies are. Um, looking, you know, even even almost now, they're they're starting to look at, um, you know, what's going to happen for 2019, and I think just kind of having in the back of your head that we may need to adjust our incentive limits prior to one one. And you can still structure the whole wellness program, and you can, you know, say this is how it's going to work, and you're going to need your biometric screening, and this part is outcome based, and this part is activity only. None of that will change, just the dollar amounts of the incentives may need to be tweaked. Okay, so talking about that a little bit further, and you know, this is some speculation because we don't really know if it's going to go this direction or not, but plan B options, um, could they apply incentives instead to activities like you know, say they take the the HRA and the um, biometrics or, or testing out of it, could they apply the incentives to like a walking program or educational-based computer model, modules on medical conditions and things like that? Um, yes, although those programs tend not to have 
state teeth, right? There's no real, um, you know, health contingent aspect of it. Um, the, the types of programs that are subject to these EEOC rules, the, the EEOC rules are very broad and they're intended to apply to any workplace wellness program that involves either a medical exam or a disability related inquiry. So even taking a health risk assessment is going to be subject to these rules. Um, but if it's you're talking about like going in and listening to uh, healthy living luncheon where you know people just sit around, you know, eat their lunch and hear um, about health, you know, healthier ways to, to live and things like that, that's not going to be subject to these rules because there's no medical exam or disability-related inquiry. But of course, then it doesn't really get at any of the, you know, the employee's particular issues, right? True. But for employers who are just looking to not abandon the wellness program altogether, I guess I was looking for an alternative. But what do you think about, okay, something like a buffet of wellness options where you have several things included that would help the individual satisfy the wellness requirement? Some may be educational, some may be activity. What if you threw in like a biometric screening and an HRA in there, but they weren't required as the sole means to get the incentive. Like you could do all these different combinations of things and those could be potential ways to get there. Would something like that be allowed? Yeah. And, and I didn't need to imply that employers would need to abandon their wellness programs. I mean, if anything, all they're going to need to do is tweak the dollar amount of the incentives. But having an alternative to a medical exam or disability-related inquiry, like you could earn your points or earn your incentive by watching a video on, on healthy living, that would also work. But, you know, in, in my experience, the employers do tend to, you know, want those wellness programs a little, a little more, um, you know, a little more hold to them. Um, and require a little more action from employees because watching the video, it was not all that likely to bend the cost curve. Um, Yeah, and we agree, I think, with that as well. So stay tuned. I know there will be more developments to come on this um, as we learn more and figure out, you know, more options or have more suggestions. We will put together another podcast and share more with you. But, um, you know, Lipscomb and Pitts will send out emails um, to our clients. But if you are not a client, if you have questions, you want to talk about this further, you can reach out to me, uh, Sarah G, S-A-R-A-H-G at LPinsurance.com and I can connect you with Stacy or maybe answer some of your questions myself. But we are thankful for you joining us. We love that uh, you listen into our podcast and please listen to any of our other compliance topics and have a great day.